Well, it's great to be with you guys this morning uh, at Gilden Herc. Uh, thank you to Drew for having me uh, along. It's good to be here. Um, it's good to be here to continue on this series, Unrestricted Faith. Um, last week, Drew looked at our commission as believers and really what that means for us and, and looks like. And this week, we'll be continuing on in our series, Unrestricted Faith. Um, we're going to be looking at the Bible, God's word to us, and how we are to, in a sense, continue on in the word even in pandemic times like today so if you have a bible please turn with me to second timothy we're going to be looking at chapter 3 verses 14 through to 17 so that's 2 timothy 3 verse 14 through to 17 this is god's word it says this but as for you this is paul talking to timothy continue on in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from who you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Let us just pause and let us just pray. Father we thank you that your word is true truth that it speaks truly about each and every one of us teach us by your spirit shine light into the darkness of our hearts and our and our troubled minds lord with the light of your gospel this morning quicken us to love you more and know you more fully and truly this morning for it's in jesus name we pray amen amen uh, i once heard alistair Begg, he's a scottish preacher preacher man, pastor, uh, living in America, uh, tell a story about a group of people who organised a football match at a local pitch. And having come together, uh, picked the teams, warmed up and got into position, about to kick off, someone realises and someone speaks up saying, we don't have a ball. And one of the group replied, forget the ball, let's get on with the game. And really this brief uh, story lands us well at our passage this morning why because in many cases that's exactly how it goes in many churches and services and the lives of many believers we forget the bible we get on with the service get on with life you could say get on with the game and that's the problem paul is warning our friend timothy about in this passage this morning because there are many you could say false candy floss uh, ear-tickling teachers in Timothy's day within the church who have forgot their Bibles and tried to get on with the game. And of course this leads to a bit of a predicament, doesn't it? And so really Paul is writing and encouraging Timothy to continue on in truth because he's saying that the Word of God is vital to the believer. And so the questions I want you guys to think about this morning are these. Why do we even bother with the Bible? Ask yourself, am I growing in the truth of Scripture? Um, what does it mean for my life? How am I continuing and how am I behaving in the Christian race? Ask yourself also, do I really believe and know the Bible personally? Ask yourself, is the Bible not just a good book rather than the Word of God? You see, what we believe about Scripture, the Bible has everything to do with how we continue on in service and faith. 
But let me encourage you to hit pause for a second before we dive into this passage. And let's look at the, the context of Second Timothy. You could say that all of what's recorded in this epistle are many of Paul's last words of concern for the church and for our friend Timothy. You see, Paul writes from prison uh, to bring encouragement, firstly, to continue in the faith and to stay on true and sound doctrine, and also keep on proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. But notice how in these previous verses in chapter 3, how Paul encourages Timothy to remain steadfast by recalling the apostles' character, conduct, and persecutions, and how all who desire uh, to live a godly life in Christ will what? Will be low? No. <laughs> will be like? No. Will find things easy going? No, that's not the case. But Paul says, all who desire to live a, a godly life in Christ will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's verses 12 to 13. See, Paul is saying the Christian life is no walk on the park, but rather a hard pilgrimage through life. Think of that whole imagery in Pilgrim's Progress. Full of false teachers who try to lead astray the believer away from truth and into error. And so our friend, the Apostle Paul, he, he starts to point out these false teachers by encouraging and warning Timothy and love to firstly continue on and remain in the gospel because of your godly influences and convictions. Look at verse 14. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Really, Paul here is showing the, you could say, the contrast between Timothy's grounding in the truth and the false teachers in the previous verses. But maybe you're thinking, where did Timothy's grounding in the truth come from? Who taught him and modeled these truths to him? You see, Timothy was convinced of truth of the scriptures through three people his mother Lois, his grandmother Eunice and his closest friend the apostle Paul we see this earlier on in Timothy you see these are the people who have poured God's word daily into Timothy's life from a young one till now they showed him the great passages of the Old Testament taught him the Bible precepts and, and principles you see Timothy had the privilege of listening and being shown the scriptures from a young age maybe like some of us tuned in this morning, see, Timothy had watched their lives live out the gospel, live out the word of God. He saw the, the saving effect in others, and then he started to see it in himself. See, Timothy knew that it was not enough just to hear the word of God, but we must be doers. He knew that he had been entrusted with this word of truth. He knew it was still the power of God on the salvation for all who believe. He knew uh, that what he had learned must be applied to his heart by the Spirit or it's just head knowledge and not heart transforming truth. So ask yourself, I wonder, do you see the same, you could say, saving effect in, in your life too, through the Word of God? Do you, in the same way, on the same pathway as Timothy? Are you on that pathway as yourself? Or do you see uh, how maybe uh, the great influence of others on passing on truth, can you not see that effect in your life? Can you maybe uh, even see that you can have that same influence also on others by passing on that truth also of Scripture to them, by bringing them up in it? Or maybe you can say, thank you, Lord, for putting someone in my life, whether it was a, a mum or a dad or a granny or a grandpa, a brother or sister, family members or friends, 
Maybe even a Sunday school teacher, a, a CE worker, you could go on all day, who, who showed you the truth of Scripture when you were young and, and lived out that seeming effect in their life through faith in Christ Jesus. So let me encourage you also, those who have not been brought up in God's word from a young age, because I'm one of them, see that God has spoken to you with his word precisely when you need it later on in life. Isn't everybody's testimony different? I'm pretty sure Paul's was very different than Timothy's. <laughs> and so let me encourage you to continue on in the word and be encouraged by it. Be convinced of it even more. Be active in even thinking of people uh, to share with, to pray for. And also encourage those who have told and shared with you these truths of the Bible. Encourage them to, to keep on doing that, to keep on going on, to keep on continuing in the faith. Why? Because this is what the church needs. Encouragers in the truth of Scripture. Who are able to point in the right direction, but also correct when someone is off course. See, not only are we to continue on and remain the gospel because of those who have told us truth. Secondly, we are to continue on and remain the gospel because we have heard the scriptures provide instruction for salvation. Look at verse 15 again. It says this, And high from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings of the scriptures, which are able to what? Make you wise for salvation through who? It says, through faith in Christ Jesus. And really, Paul is heading home with Timothy here. You can say he's appealing to him, but also encouraging him. Don't forget. Remember what the scriptures do. But maybe you're thinking, why, Jamie, is Paul making such a big deal about this? Really, because the scriptures are the source of our saving truth, aren't they? That's really good news, isn't it? I love what one commentator says. He says, When the truth of God's word is mixed with faith in Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, this leads to spiritual life. Can you not see how important this is? How all work together? And you can imagine if Paul uh, wasn't in prison and, and landed up at Timothy's doorstep, he'd give Timothy a good shake. He'd, he'd plead with him, saying, Don't forget, brother. Don't be swayed by what others tell you. Don't be moved from the truth. Don't be deceived. But base camp yourself. Timothy, will you base camp yourself on God's word? Never move from truth. Continue on in the knowledge of scripture. All that you've learned from those years as a child. Not just for Sundays, Timothy. Not just now and again. But now and forever. You see, for the scriptures are able to make you wise through salvation through Christ Jesus. And shouldn't that, but we, and shouldn't really, you can say that's what we're called to do also. Even in this uncertain time of a pandemic, to continue on in the word of God. Even though we see many other things not continuing on. We hear all different words today who tell us just about anything and everything, don't we? From the uncertainty of the news. From maybe the confused governments, from the up and down scientists, from the Instagram to the Facebook feeds of fear and possibly no hope. Let me encourage you as a church to be convinced that God's word, these holy scriptures, they stand the test of time. That God's word and works, they can be trusted. Even today. 
You see, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not the Bible that saves us. It's the Bible that makes us wise so that we might be saved. You see, God has provided all for our rescue. Praise Him. The Scriptures are our guide to Jesus and, and salvation in Him. And we actually hear this. Uh, God's Word is not a doctor. It doesn't need a mask. It is not restricted, nor does it need a vaccine. It's still in the business of bringing the sinner to understanding, to repentance, to say, I'm sorry. And then leading him or her, whatever age they may be, in the way they should go. For it's living and active is sharper than any two-edged sword. Every story whispers his name. For everything in Scripture points forward to Christ as a fulfiller of all its promises. And I pray this morning, in love, that God would land his word on the good soil of your heart. That you would hear and, and begin to understand and see something of God in Scripture that maybe you have never seen before. I pray that you would start to, you could say, bear fruit and see the wisdom that Scripture gives us. The wisdom that Scripture, you could say, imparts to lead to life and to life to the full. Thirdly, we are to continue on and remain in the gospel because the scriptures provide instruction for our sanctification. Verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Really, Paul is drawing our text and to see whether people like you and me are even in the faith. First, we see scripture is inspired. It is breathed out by God. Maybe you're thinking, why inspired? Maybe your thing is closer to expired than inspired, Jimmy. You see, scripture is God started, God written, God planned, God ordained, and God led writings which are breathed into his chosen instruments through their minds, through their souls and their hearts and emotions over, over many years and then put together. All scripture is breathed into by God. For Timothy, it's for Paul. And we hear this is for people like you and me this morning. Even in the early church, we see how they believed the same thing as, as Peter spoke and declared in Second Peter 1 that no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from who? It says from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so when our friend Paul says that all scripture is breathed out by God, he means all 66 books. He means all 1,189 chapters. Isn't that amazing? That this was what the early church came to believe and also die for. And so for Timothy, he can see that this is firm ground to stand on. This is, this is a good way to continue. But maybe you're thinking, Jamie, all this kind of makes a wee bit of sense but can we really trust in it at all? I thought we'd only trust in certain bits of it. Let me encourage that you can believe and trust it all because it shows us ourselves like no other book can that we are fallen, that we are weak, that we are helpless and hopeless people who are far from good and far from God. Not only does scripture show us our predicament but scripture also provides us with hope in our predicament. You see, right from Genesis to Revelation, we are shown God's truth, his character, and his, you could say, divine plan of redemption fulfilled in that old rugged cross of Christ for fallen 
men and women like me and you, who he loved and who he has made in his own image. I love how the psalmist in Psalm 19 shows us God's character reflected in his word. And he shows us really how profitable it is to us. It says this, The law of the Lord is perfect in reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure and enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Our God this morning is perfect. He is sure. He is right. He is pure. He is clean, enduring forever, and true righteousness altogether. Praise Him. My friends, His Word can be trusted to guide wherever we may go. His Word is sufficient and it is beneficial for us. It meets and deals with all our spiritual needs. You see, just as God breathed life into humanity at creation. So Paul says God has breathed spiritual life into his book, into his scriptures, into the Bible, so that we would be sculpted by God into new creations. Paul goes on to show Timothy how useful scripture is by pointing in four, uh, you can say, keys for us. And the first two are teaching and reproof. And really these two words, they go together because they point us to that word doctrine. Maybe you're thinking, that's a big word, it's a scary word. Take me away from that word, Jamie. But maybe you're thinking, what is doctrine? You see, doctrine is a belief or set of beliefs held and taught by a church. You see, doctrine is scriptural teaching and practice of theological truth of scripture. And firstly, looking uh, a wee bit more into this, we see that word teaching. And we see the Bible shows us the pathway of teaching. In the Bible we see how we can be saved. And really what being saved should look like. And living as a child of God should go. And maybe you're thinking what should that look like and how should it go? And one brief example of this teaching that Paul is talking about is found in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and lean not on your own understanding. Even scripture teaches us how to, to pray that Job Teach me what I do not see. We say to yourselves, no one loves your courage. Yet the Bible teaches us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Or we say, I always feel alone. Scripture teaches us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Scripture teaches us to be holy, uh, other, to be set apart. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, but see, man, I didn't hear the voice of God whisper this in my ear. I didn't have some big crazy God channel YouTube moment of revelation. Why doesn't God speak to me like he did all those years ago all over the Bible to all those many people? Let me encourage you that God has already spoken and God is still speaking. Everything is measured and in his living word. Not to say that God maybe doesn't speak in that way at times, maybe he does. You see, if you want to listen to God, if you want to hear from Him, then open your Bible. Read your Bible. For the Bible is sufficient. Everything you need to hear from God is right in the palm of your hand. Isn't that a reassuring thought? The Bible has been God's voice for all those who have even gone before us in their trials and many temptations. 
difficult to think about. Jamie, the Bible is just hard to understand, isn't it? What's your man Moses on about? Never mind Abraham, he's a, he's a lunatic. What's he doing with his son Isaac? Maybe the Bible seems like a bit of a, you could say, a mystery to you. Let me encourage you in, in a practical way that if you lose your way around the Bible, like many of us do, me included, always take your eyes back to Jesus. Because it's about him, isn't it? In the Old Testament, we see Jesus is predicted. In the Gospels, Jesus is revealed. In the Acts of the Apostles, he is preached. In the Epistles, what we're looking at today, he is explained. And in the Revelation, he is expected. I love how John MacArthur says that the truth of teaching of God's word are our spiritual wealth that we should be continually depositing into our minds and hearts. Like depositing money into our bank accounts, those who deposit the teachings of Scripture become spiritual assets that we can draw from again and again and again. That's why the, the hymn writer says, It is what I know of thee, my Lord and God, that fills my soul with peace and my lips with song. See, the more we know of God, the more our lips and life will praise him, love him and live for him. For all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching. And of course, when teaching scripture is done, Paul is saying to Timothy that there will also be reproof. In the Christian's life, you could say the Bible, you could say, kicks us off the pathway of error. You see, scripture doesn't let us escape that word reproof. Why? Because you could say teaching and reproof, they go hand in hand. They produce the foundation of that word doctrine, of sound doctrine. And reproof really means simply rebuking to convict someone of the wrong or sin and then correcting that misbehaviour or false teaching or whatever that may be and pointing him or her with love in the way they should go. You see, you could say Bible reproof steers our satnavs to hate every false way and sin and see that God's word is a, a lamp onto your feet and a light onto your path. His word steers us in, in the pathways of righteousness. I wonder do you get that this morning? See, not only does the church need teaching and to, to continue alongside reproof, notice how Paul goes on to say that the believers need correction and training in righteousness. Really, these three final five words have to do with the Christian's behaviour. It's a funny word for the Christian behaviour. Thirdly, Scripture uses correction. You see, the Bible brings us back from, back onto, you say, the pathway of truth through correction. See, Paul is showing Timothy and you and I that God's word is practical and it can be used in a, in a practical way. You see, correction is the positive side of reproof. And often we are prone to wonder, aren't we? Prone to leave the God we love. And that's the good news of the Bible. Because it's able to do this. Able to take our hearts and seal them for thy courts above. But maybe you're thinking, okay, that sounds pretty good. and kind of maybe following you a wee bit, Jimmy, but hurry up and end. But maybe you're thinking, what happens after teaching? What happens after reproof and correction? Well, we see the believer then will be ready to see the positive effect of Fourthly, training in righteousness. Because the Bible leads uh, us and directs us uh, by carrying out truth, by leading us down and through all these different pathways of God's will for a holy life. 
So I wonder, can you see what Paul is trying to say to Timothy? Brian Chapel really hits home saying, The righteousness that has come to the believer by faith in Jesus Christ is realized by the training of God's word in righteousness. So I wonder, do you find yourself being trained up in God's word? I wonder, do you feel that God's word is maybe starting to produce something and stir up discipline in your heart for righteousness that wasn't there before? Is it convicting you? Oh, hi, I need that. Oh, hi, you need that. Oh, hi, your pastor needs that. A love for the things that, that God loves and a hatred for the things that God hates. You see, when we realize this, the promise of the Bible is clear. That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just as milk nourishes a baby in ways it does not understand, so God's word nourishes us in ways that we do not often understand. Praise him. Finally, as we close, Paul really sets down the landing here and he lands Timothy on how to continue on and remain in the gospel because the scriptures equip and enable. Verse 17, the man of God may be complete, or I love how the King James says, fully furnished, that's a, that's a nice picture, isn't it? And equipped for every good work. Basically, Paul is saying, Timothy, there is no other way to compete. There's no other way to participate. There's no other way to run, no other way to equip yourself for the Christian race other than through and only through, Timothy, the word of God. May we be a people who are super equipped by the word of God. May God, in his mercy, lead us to be a man, to be a, to be a woman, to be a child of the Bible. May God equip us not in part, but in full and ready for every good work. May we not pick and choose scripture to please our own fancy, but may we receive and dive into the, the whole counsel of God without exception. For sometimes we may be challenged, not by what we want to hear, but, but why what we need to hear. And so, as Timothy looked back over all then years of Lois and Eunice and, and Paul teaching the word and how their, you could see their lives matched the teaching of their lips. Surely Timothy would be strengthened. Surely he would be encouraged. Surely he would continue on. Surely he knew who he was and who he was not. Timothy sees that the scriptures are really the very breath of God. He knows they are the only thing that will equip him for Christian life and ministry. Timothy understands that standing up from the gospel means not standing on his words or, or what he sees in himself, but on God's word and what he sees in him. He sees that he is equipped for every good work and able to meet the demands on the road ahead. That he is led by the great captain of his soul who has called him to signpost others to Jesus Christ and his faithful following of him and his word. So be encouraged this morning, church, by this reality. The word of God has everything that you and I need for this brief and uncertain Christian life. I love 
how the Son of Moses in Deuteronomy 32 says, God's word is no empty word for you, but it is your very life. I wonder, did you get that? God's word is no empty word for you, but your very life. Isn't that a reassuring thought? Let me encourage you to read it, live in it, study it, when your eyes crack open in the morning till they roll shut at night. I love what Spurgeon once said. If you, you cut John Bunyan that he would bleed scripture. I wonder, can you say that of yourself? So let me encourage you, learn from Paul and Timothy. See if they are, are saturated in the word. They are soaked in it. Not just sprinkled by a morning dew. Because they have looked to one who is much greater than themselves. They knew personally the author of the book. The one who is inscribed under their heart of hearts. Ransomed, healed, restored and forgiven. I wonder do you know him also? See the Bible is God's heart for his people. It points us towards our incompleteness. By showing us that God is holy and we are not. Scripture quickens us beyond ourselves. To the ultimate message of a great rescuer the Lord Jesus Christ he is the the very word of God the one who has no comparison or competitor the one who is the bread of life Jesus is the quencher of our one billion thirsts he is the one who's come down and, and dwelt among us to bring us life and the Bible says that he is the the radiance of the glory of God the exact imprint of his nature he is the one who has paid the ultimate price so that we may have life to the full ultimately see Jesus as a saviour who leaned on the sufficiency of scripture in his hour of need didn't he why? so that we can lean also that though the, that though the tempter is great we know that don't we we know how his pulling and, and tugging of our heartstrings to sin daily. But be encouraged by our, our faithful Jesus and his word who says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4. Let me encourage you to run to Jesus this morning. For he is food for the journey ahead. And he will lead us home until our faith gives way to sight. Let me encourage you to keep going on. No matter what you see uh, in this life. Then let me encourage you not to look at your own strength. But look to your faithful friend of sinner's strength. Whether our purpose is to lead and signpost men and women to saving faith in Christ. Or to teach God's truth to believers. Or to stand up for correction and error in the church. Or to help rebuild stumbling believers or trained believers to live righteously or to be a door keeper don't miss the main thing in all this our highest and sufficient resource is God's word don't lose sight of this foundation you could say bring the ball to the game may I ask if you brought the ball to the game like many others throughout history and even today have done let me encourage you love don't have confidence in me don't have confidence in Drew we are just men 
but have confidence in God's word this morning. Ask God to provide obedience in your heart to his word and then be faithful to it even if it's a lonely road. And so in the words of our friend Paul who has gone before us and who has finished up his race just like Timothy and heard the words well done, good and faithful servant. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage myself. Let me encourage Drew to continue on in what you have learned and firmly believed. Continue on in the gospel. Let us just bow our hearts and our heads as we come to the Lord in prayer. I know not how the Spirit moves convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the word and creating faith in him. But I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Oh, Father, we thank you for those great words of the hymn writer. Father, we thank you for, for the Bible, that it is a lamp that shines on our feet and a light that opens up our path. So, Father, in your mercy, shine your light into our life. Cause us to understand your words and purpose to make us wise to salvation and equip us for every good work. Cause us to know faith in Christ more and more. Make us not people of ourselves, but people of the book, people of Christ. Help us be faithful and signpost to him the way, the truth, and the life. Father, we thank you that we can meet in this way. Cause us to know your love, care, and peace and transforming grace this morning. Show us ourselves and show us our Savior. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.